0: This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now, here is today's show. Good morning. How are you all doing out there today? For those of you that don't know me, I'm Chaplain Amy Bauman with For His Glory Ministry, and we do church every Sunday. Online I don't know where you're watching from today, but we are so glad that you're joining us and how about last weekend? Right. Were you able to watch our Easter Sunday service? There was a whole lot of you that did I think the numbers that came in were somehow over a hundred thousand people somehow watched part of the service last sunday and for sure over twenty-five thousand people watched it all the way through praise the lord that is amazing we are so excited to see those kind of numbers and that kind of interaction with our online services so i'm so glad that you're joining us today and if you didn't watch uh, our services last week we had a good friday service and the easter sunday service those are available to watch on our ministry page Also on YouTube, you can go back and check out any of our past messages and services. But what an amazing celebration last week, uh, Easter Sunday, serving our risen Lord. So how do you come off of Easter Sunday and like, what's the first thing that you talk about? Well, the Lord has prepared an incredible message for us today on hope. We have hope in the Lord. We have hope in the risen Lord. There is hope today, whether you believe it or not, in your circumstances or whatever you're facing right now, there is hope. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I have lots to share with you. But before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you are a God of hope. And We can know that for sure because you sent your only son into this world to give us hope, to walk among us, to die on a cross. And we can look to him and we can know there is hope. Hope from death, hope from sin, hope in this world. And so we're going to focus on that today, Lord, and we're going to ask that you open up our hearts and our ears, Holy Spirit, for what it is that you have for each one of us. I pray for a fresh anointing that I may speak your truth with love. And we just pray, Lord, that today in this place, people will know your love, they will know who you are, and they will walk away with hope. We love you and praise you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you know that Only a few letters can change your outlook, especially when we're talking about hope. If you add less to the end of the word hope, you are lost. You are at the end. You are filled with discouragement and doubt, believing there is no way out. You are hopeless. But if you add full to the end of hope, you are saying you believe. You are trusting that things will get better. You are trusting the one who gives you hope and makes you hopeful. We don't realize it, and I've talked about this before, the importance of our words, but we have an essential part in how we look at our situations and how we look at God. We have a choice on how we are going to view things. We can either be hopeful or hopeless and we have to choose. So I want to talk about this today. I want to look at hope. I wanna talk about being either prisoners of hopefulness or hopelessness. And I wanna look specifically at the word stronghold and and what that means for each one of us. Now, I'm not sure if you've heard of this word. There are really two ways, two different ways. I wanna share with you what those are. But first, the definition of stronghold is a place that has been fortified so as to protect against an attack. And there are about 50 mentions of this word, this physical fortress in the Old Testament. Let's look at a couple of them so you have a better understanding. Uh, Verses like 1 Samuel 23, 14, 14. And David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, and God did not deliver him into his hand. Judges 6 2. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. So we're seeing stronghold as this physical fortress of protection. Now, I myself never understood what it meant to hide out or get away behind a stronghold until March of 2020. Now, I know as soon as you say 2020, we all go to the exact same place, COVID and lockdowns. And March was actually the month that Michigan went into lockdown. And instead of these intense rock walls and fortified cities, we lived in our homes tucked away behind walls of toilet paper. Now, that's not really what happened. We were actually in the search for toilet paper. You couldn't find any on any shelves. And it's funny now, it wasn't then, but we're on the other side of that now. And we can look back and laugh a little bit But up until that time, I had never understood the urgency of making sure we had enough food and necessities like toilet paper. Until then, I didn't really understand what a stronghold was and the importance of a stronghold. You didn't just build the walls for protection. These fortresses back then were strategically placed near major roads, they had water access, and they were like these storehouses. Because when you are taking refuge inside, you need to have the supplies that you need. So they had food, weapons, and the needed supplies that they needed for however the duration that they were going to be behind those walls. So stronghold is a place that has been fortified to protect. And as I mentioned, there are about 50 verses in the Old Testament that talk about strongholds. But in the New Testament, this word stronghold is used one time in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ." Now, in these verses, stronghold isn't being defined as a physical fortress. It's describing a way of thinking, a mindset, thick walls of anger, addiction, and attitudes that can control us and hold us prisoner. Prisoner. Did you catch that? We've gone from a stronghold that is supposed to protect us and keep the enemy out to a stronghold that's keeping us trapped inside, captives. Now, even though stronghold is used in 2 Corinthians, there are other references in the New Testament. Colossians 2.8 See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy. Philos, or affection, and Sophia, worldly wisdom. Don't let someone take you captive with intellectualism. Empty deception. See to it that no one takes you captive through empty deceptions. Empty words, Ephesians 5, 6, and 7. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Kinos Logos is also translated as religious smooth talk. Groundless arguments. Colossians 2, 23. You have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, matters which have the appearance of wisdom the world's elemental notions, rudiments of the world. And then 1 Timothy 6.20, Guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge. Worldly and empty chatter. Time and time again, throughout God's word, we are being warned not to be deceived by the world. And who is the deceiver of the world? Our enemy, Satan. And because of the shape of the world and what's going on, and you can turn on the news or the radio and be filled with fear, about what's happening in the world today. More and more of us are living in this fear, forced to stay captives in the strongholds, the fortresses of our homes, and we're prisoners of hopelessness. We're prisoners from the enemy. We have our weapons, we have our food, we have our toilet paper. And we've locked the door and we're hunkering down watching the news. We're afraid to go out. We're afraid to interact with people. We're afraid. Well, let's look at some other verses that describe the word stronghold. Psalm 9.9, 9, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And then 2 Samuel 22, 2 through 4. He said, "'The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my Savior. From violent people you save me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies.'" When was the last time that you ran to the Lord? When was the last time that you thought of him as your strong tower, your stronghold, a place of refuge? Here's the thing. We are building our fortresses of protection we are hiding behind the walls of our home. But what are we really creating? What are we really building? What are we storing up in our hearts? We've, we've set ourselves aside, taking things in from the world, physical things that we think we need to survive to be protected from. And in those actions, in that fear, we are hiding out and we are not trusting in the Lord. And we have lost our hope, living in fear. Matthew 12 34, 35. Says this, You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Let's imagine this for a second. Imagine taking refuge in our stronghold. And instead of holding up with the Holy Spirit, filled with joy, peace, and the promises of God's Word, the promises that we just looked at last weekend, Easter Sunday, with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and how when he said, it is finished, Death is finished. Sin is finished. He's demolished the works of the enemy. He's given us the promise of new life, everlasting life, forgiveness of sins, and that we can operate on top of our circumstances while living in this world when we have Jesus inside of us. We just talked about all that last weekend. But instead, instead... We move past Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and we fall back into the fear of the world. And we are stuck behind these walls with the enemy. We are held captive by the strongholds of the enemy. Instead of leaning into God and taking refuge in Him and being a prisoner of hope, We are a prisoner of fear, anger, addiction, worldly attitudes. We are a prisoner of hopelessness. I don't know about you, but this is not the place that I want to live and be. I was there. I lived for 17 years trapped behind the walls of my mind, my circumstances, my situation, and believing every lie from the enemy, believing that I was unloved and unwanted and unqualified, believing that I shouldn't even be here, that I was a mistake, that I truly wasn't the child of God. I took on every blow, every fiery dart, every lie that he gave me. And I absorbed it until I was so full of darkness and sadness. I was hopeless. And I lived in that state of mind for 17 years. But through this day of prayer... That I encountered. It was as if Jesus blew open the doors of that stronghold. He stormed the castle and he rescued me. And those thick walls of depression and suicidal thoughts and bankruptcy and slavery were no match to the truth of God and his word. And I ran out of. I ran out of that stronghold into a new fortress, a new refuge, and it was the Lord. Zechariah nine twelve says this, Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. I was restored more than twice as much. Everything that the enemy stole from me, he has had to pay back seven times. But I've had twice the love, twice the peace, twice the provision. My storehouses are full and I am no longer a captive of the enemy. I am free. Now, Don't mistake my words when I say my storehouses are full. I'm not talking about worldly possessions. I'm not talking about a pantry that has, you know, stocked up for a year full of canned goods and fruits and vegetables and pasta. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the storehouses are full with peace and joy and love and confidence in who I am in Christ. Those are the kinds of storehouses that I'm talking about. We can't mistake them with worldly goods. The key is being in the presence of the Lord. And that is one of the biggest things the enemy wants to do is distract us from God. And he'll do that in many different ways and forms so that we're Not even thinking about Jesus, but we're wrapped up in our phones, we're wrapped up in um, video, TV, we're wrapped up in all the things that the world offers. So that we're far away from God, not focusing on him. And when he's got us off the path, that's when he can start telling us who he thinks we are. The key is being in the presence of the Lord. The key is having a relationship with the Lord, a bond servant of Jesus. Because when we're in his presence, disease has no place. Fear has no place. Addiction has no place. Depression has no place. Death has no place. And the enemy knows this. And if the enemy can keep us away from the presence of the Lord, away from the fullness of that relationship that we are promised, he can keep us lost and alone and isolated, believing all the lies and forgetting the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So how? How do we bring down these strongholds when we're prisoners of hopelessness and trapped by the enemy. Just like what we're doing right now, right? We're recognizing the trap. We're recognizing that maybe this is where I am today. First step in recovery is admitting that you have a problem. It's admitting the circumstance that you're in and saying, okay, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to change this. I want to step into that freedom. So we need to recognize it. We need to expose God's light into our circumstances and our situations. And we need to allow God to work and move. And that's one of the hardest things. So many times we want God to break into our circumstances and our situations and fix our life, but do it in a way that works for us. We hold on to these things that we think are important and we're like, okay, God, you come in and work and move, but I'm holding on to this because this is important to me and I still like to do these things. And God says, you know what, if you want me to rescue you, you're going to need to have a free hand. You're going to need to let go of what you're hanging on to so that I can grab onto you and I can pull you out of this situation. Surrender is key. Surrender is key. We need to allow God to work and move and we need to let him do it however he wants to do it to fix the situation as only he can. A really good example of this is Peter. After Jesus ascended into heaven and he had commissioned his disciples to go out and start the church and preach and teach, right? The disciples were doing this and this was aggravating the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin. And they would go around and and talk and share and do miracles and they were imprisoned and beaten and then they'd be released and go back out and do it some more and Peter was used to being thrown in jail because he was commissioned to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and he didn't care what happened to him that's what he was called to do and yet. No matter his circumstances, Peter was filled with hope. He was confident in the Lord. I want us to look specifically at this one instance when Peter was literally imprisoned to see how Peter acted during this whole situation. Acts 12, I'm going to read 5 through 17 so peter was kept in prison but the truth but the church was earnestly praying to god for him the night before herod was to bring him to trial peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance let me stop right there you did hear what i just said right he was sleeping bound with chains Inside of a jail cell. That's how confident Peter was in the Lord that God had him. No matter where he was, he could trust in the Lord. He had hope. This is amazing. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. I'm a pretty sound sleeper, but I think if the angel of the Lord would come into my room, I would wake up. And yet Peter needed to be woke up. That's how calm he was. I love that. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. You see, the people that were praying for Peter did not have the same hope in the Lord as what Peter did. Even though they were praying for him, I don't think they had quite yet believed that God could actually perform this miracle that they were praying for. But Peter kept on knocking and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. Thanks be to God. these words. How many of you out there today are like Peter? I know I want to be more like him. No matter the circumstance, whether I'm literally imprisoned with chains and guards or whether I'm walking the street free, I, I want to have that hope in the Lord I want him to be my stronghold I want to put my trust in him and believe that he's got me believe that he's greater than any circumstance or situation that I'm going through I want to have hope in the Lord so my question for you today the Sunday after Easter the Sunday after we've celebrated the risen Lord and how with that resurrection, it is finished. Are you trapped today? Are you feeling like a prisoner of hopelessness? Are you held captive by the enemy in a fortress of darkness, trapped in the strongholds of addiction and depression, Feeling the weight of the world and your circumstances. Maybe it's not you. Maybe you know someone who is and your heart breaks for them right now. Watching them go through what they're going through. What I want to do right now is just bow our heads and boldly declare the power of God in our situations so that we can believe that it is finished, so that we can believe that we have hope in Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come boldly to your throne of grace. We stand in the gap and intercede on behalf of each person who is being held captive by the enemy, who is a prisoner of hopelessness, knowing that the Holy Spirit within us takes hold together with us against the evils that would attempt to hold them in bondage. We unwrap them from the bonds of wickedness with our prayers and take our shield of faith and quench every fiery dart of the adversary that would come against them. Father, you say that whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven, And whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. You say for us to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. So in the name of Jesus, we bind those, their body, soul, and spirit to the will and purposes of God for their lives. We bind their mind, will, and emotions to the will of God. We bind their mind to the mind of Christ that the very thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart Would be within their thoughts and we loose every old wrong ungodly pattern of thinking attitude idea desire belief motivation habit and behavior for them we tear down crush smash and destroy every stronghold associated with these things we loose any stronghold in their lives that has been justifying and protecting hard feelings against anyone. We loose the stronghold of unforgiveness, fear and distrust from them. We bind and loose these things in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, that you are our refuge. You are our strong tower. May we rest in the stronghold and be a prisoner of hope, not hopelessness, and trust and believe in your promises, promises. equip us, strengthen us, fill us so that we are overflowing with love, peace, joy, and confidence in you. You are still on the throne. You are still in control. You are still greater than he who is in the world. You are still king. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to encourage you as you go off into this next week that you choose your words carefully, that you will use that word hope and choose the word that you are going to add at the end. I pray that you will be hopeful, not hopeless. I pray that you will trust in God, that he is your strong tower, and you can run to him, and he will protect you. I pray that you will believe that what Jesus did on the cross, it is finished. And we can stand here today and rejoice and claim those promises for our very own. We have hope in Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and for joining us. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.